Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tennis Express. Please check them out this week by going to EssentialTennis.com slash Express. Thanks very much for joining me on today's episode of the podcast. We have a great topic to talk about. We'll be discussing how to actually practice being mentally tougher. Everybody kind of has this picture in their mind of what ideal mental toughness looks like and what it would be like if they were like that. But we have a good question today about how to actually put that into practice and how to practice being that way. Before we get to that, real quickly, I I probably should have announced this last week, but I've put out a free course about serve technique, and it compares top pros with each other. And then I also tell you how you can put that into your own service motion, how you can implement those same moves and techniques. And I compare players like Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Sharapova, Juan Martin Del Potro, uh, Andy Roddick, Andy Murray, who else? (laughs) Lots of other really top-name players. So this is totally free, and you can go to any page at EssentialTennis.com right now, and up at the top you'll see the sign-up box there. It's five videos, all high-quality HD footage, and almost two hours of instructional content. totally free. So I highly suggest that you check it out, and I'll be continuing to promote it because you, you all you all need to go through it. I mean, it, there's no reason not to. It's free. All you have to do is sign up for the uh, the Essential Tennis newsletter if you're not already, and and that's it. You'll get immediate access. So go check it out. All right, let's go ahead and get to today's topic. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. And I, I want to apologize before we get started in case there's any noise in the background. You all probably have heard about that big storm that hit the northeast. And it kind of started, it, kind of the southernmost tip of that was Maryland. And we only got about two or three inches of snow, but it was really wet, heavy stuff. And we had several big tree branches come down around here and there's been a chainsaw going right outside our place all morning (laughs) and it's just it's not a whole lot I can do about that I don't think it's going to come through on the recording but in case there's any kind of big spikes of noise in the background just go ahead and apologize and by the way I hope all of you are safe and I know a lot of people are still without power luckily we were just kind of on the very southern tip of that storm and we lost power but only for a couple of seconds was it yesterday was it Saturday? I can't, I guess it would have been, yeah, yeah, it was Saturday, it was Saturday. So anyway, I hope all of you listening are are safe and sound, and hopefully get powered back soon if you don't have it now. Okay, so let's get to today's question, which comes to us from Gary. Gary wrote and said, I still struggle with the mental aspect of the game, but I have that much more under control since we spoke last. On that topic, since you asked recently about ideas for future podcasts, some sometime maybe you or Dr. Cohn or any mental tennis expert can elaborate more on how to implement some of the mental toughness strategies each of you discuss. 
You provide great suggestions, and you and your guests do emphasize that it's not easy to improve mental toughness and that practice is necessary. But when you or your guests provide examples of what you need to do, stay focused, be in the present, do not dwell on your poor shots, enjoy competing and playing the game, remember it's just a game, don't be judgmental of yourself, etc. You make it sound so easy to do, and I can tell you from experience that it's not. I agree, Gary. It's not. (laughs) Um, And then just one or two more sentences here. It is very easy for me to fall back into the same negativity of th- when things start to go wrong and the oh no, not this again syndrome, even though I make a conscious effort to start the match with a positive outlook. I want to emphasize that you and your guests do make it clear that improving mental toughness is not easy. I'm just suggesting that it would help to delve more into the how-tos rather than the what-to-dos. All right, Gary, that's awesome. Really, really good topic, and I appreciate you writing in with that suggestion. And I'm going to go ahead and go through and and tell you what I feel is the most important part of developing this kind of mental tenacity, this kind of competitor's spirit. And it's, well, I'll I'll get to that a little bit later. I was just going to go into something there, but I'll, I'll save that for my outline here. I basically have three different sections of my outline. We're going to talk about Basically, first of all, deciding what that looks like, what what actual mental toughness looks like for you. We're going to talk about intentionally practicing those actions. And thirdly, I'm going to talk about partaking in outside competitive activities. So let's start off with having a clear and specific picture of what mentally tough really is. And Gary did a, a great job of outlining a couple of the suggestions that myself and Dr. Cohn and other mental toughness experts have have outlined in previous shows. And, and I agree with Gary. We've talked a lot about what mental toughness looks like. And, and when you're in this situation, you should react like this. When you're in that situation, you should react like that, etc., etc. And let me just throw out a couple of specific examples here of what you need to kind of outline for yourself. And this is something that if I were coming up with a mental toughness course, this would be a big part of it. And I've made a list of, let's see, two, four, six different specific examples of situations during matches. And the the exercise here, Gary, and everybody else listening, is to take these different examples of things that could occur occur to you during a match and picture what an ideal response to that would look like. And this is a little different for everybody. And I've talked in the past uh, during the Poker Face episode about how everybody has different emotional and mental states where they compete best and they're most focused and they give their peak output. And so exactly what different responses look like is going to be a little different for different people. And so you need to sit down and kind of think about this and kind of picture in your mind, you know, maybe do a little bit of meditation on each one of these and picture yourself going through these situations and how you want to react. So number one, how will you react after losing an important point? And for those of us that are kind of hot-tempered, or it kind of tend to be hot-tempered, which this can absolutely be me. I'm talking about losing, maybe you're up a break, or maybe you're on serve late in the set, and it's break point, and you make a big unforced error, and you lose to, to get broken back, or whatever the situation is. It's a really important point, and you lose the point. 
What does it look like for you when that happens, ideally? Are you totally stone-faced and you just turn around, no emotion, and you just walk back to the baseline and get ready for the next game? Or do you have a, you know, maybe a quick outburst of, you know, outburst is a, is a strong uh, word or way of describing it, but maybe you, you release a little bit of frustration real quickly and then get right back into your, your focused, you know, state, whatever it is. How does that look like for you? Example number two, what's your inner dialogue like? And what what should what is it going to be about? And what's it going to be like? What kind of kind of energy does it have? Is it always super super positive? Are you maybe giving yourself some encouragement? Maybe giving yourself a kick in the in the pants once in a while, saying, "Ah, oh, that was Ian. Come on, that was, that was a dumb mistake. Yeah, you know that was a dumb mistake. We're going to do better next time. What whatever. What what is your inner dialogue like? What does it sound like? What kind of attitude does it have? Number three. How you'll hit the ball during a super important point. This is a big one for a lot of people. So let's say it's set points down or set point up. You know, you've got set point on your racket and you're in the middle of a, of a rally. What are you going to hit the ball like? Are you going to be defensive? Are you going to just kind of do the bare minimum just to get the ball in play? Are you going to be really aggressive and offensive? Are you going to go for that winning shot? As soon as you have the opportunity, what what is your play going to look like? Number four, how will you react to distractions? This is a big one for a lot of players. So there's people talking on the next points, maybe you know laughing, having a fun social match, and maybe you're playing a really important competitive match, or maybe yeah, the sun is in your eyes, you're outside, or it's really windy. You know, those those are those all fall under the category of distractions. How, how will you react in those situations? Two more. What will you do if your opponent gets a big lead? Maybe this is even somebody that you feel that you're better than and you should be beating easily and they go up 4-0 in the first set. And then lastly, what will you do if you get a big lead and maybe especially against somebody who you feel you should be losing to and you go up 5-1 in the first set, right? And everybody's been in that situation and then they kind of tighten up, they slow down a little bit. How will you look like and what will you be, what will you be thinking about? What's your focus going to be like? How will you perform when you're in that situation? And so those are just the, just the first six you know, specific situations that came to my mind in which you kind of have a choice between acting this way, thinking this way, or acting that way, thinking that way. And you know, I can't answer these for all of you. you. You have to answer these for yourselves. Think about how you react currently and how that may be a good or a bad thing and then think about what the specific changes to your mentality would be that would really help you perform better. And I, I, I think this is a really good exercise. And this is something I, I could sit down and come up with more examples here. But this is something I, I really recommend that you all spend some time thinking about. So so th- this is the first part of putting into practice what Gary is is talking about. What was the, uh, yeah, here's the phrase. He wants more of the how-tos rather than the what-to-dos. So the, the first part of the how-to, how to actually put these things into practice, is to have a very clear, very specific picture in your mind about what mentally tough really is. What does it look like? What, what is it like when it's put into action for you? Okay, so that's the first part, part number one. Number two, now this is the, the actual, this is where the rubber meets the road. 
and this is going to sound really obvious, but this this is the part that most players falter on. They they don't do this part. Well, you know what? I, I'm just going to go ahead and say most players don't do the first part either. Most players don't sit down and actually think about what ideal would be for them. But then the second part, you know, even fewer players do this, is intentionally practice those actions and reactions during competition. So that means that you put yourself in as many matches as possible, as many as possible. Call all your buddies that are stronger than you, weaker than you, same level, whatever, and go out and play as often as you can. And put something, if these are just, you know, competitive practice matches, put something on them. And most of you have never done this before. Say, all right, we're going to play just just one set. The loser has to do 20 push-ups. Now, you know, it's 20 push-ups, like no big deal, right? Well, maybe maybe for some of you, 20 push-ups would be a big deal. But but whether it's a big deal or not, you know, to actually physically do it, putting that prize on it or that, that little bit of motivation adds a whole other dynamic to the match. It puts a little bit of pressure on the match, just like, it, just like there would be pressure in an actual competitive match if you're playing a tournament, you know, etc. So do that. Put pressure on it. And then intentionally practice your reactions. So anytime you lose an important point or anytime you, you have inner dialogue or anytime you, um, you're in an important point, how are you going to hit the ball? You know, how are you going to react? How are you going to think? What kind of reinforcements are you going to give yourself? You know, a- after you've gone down that list and you've answered all, the, all those questions, go out and practice it. Just like, you know, let's say that you watch that serve course that, that I just put out and you pick up on something about the racket drop and you, you, you say to yourself, wow, I had no idea I was supposed to do that. I, I, I just had no clue. I, I, I'm probably not doing that. And so what do you do? You go out to the court, you get a, a basket of balls, you go out to the baseline and you practice it. And you try to add it into your service motion. And maybe you take out your video camera, you know, if you're really, really smart, and you videotape yourself and, and check it and see how you're doing, then try it again. And, and you, you kind of a little bit of trial and error. And after a couple of tries, it gets pretty close and you're doing better and you're seeing better results. And that's how you get better. You have to go through that same process with your mental toughness as well. And it all starts with having that clear picture in your mind of how am I going to do, what, is, what does this actually look like? Not, not how, but what, what does this look like? And then you go out and you do the how, the how to, and you practice. Okay, I know I should look like this. Now I'm going to put myself in a competitive situation and I'm going to practice it, practice it, practice it, practice it. And it's through repetition that you become mentally tougher and not just any repetition. It doesn't mean that you go out and you play a practice match and you just play the way you always do and, and you don't have any of this you know, in your mind. You're not conscious of this. It means that you purposefully practice these reactions and you start making them habits through repetition on purpose. Doesn't, it does not happen on accident. Just like that little tweak to your racket drop doesn't happen on accident, unfortunately. Sometimes it does, but that's one in a hundred that we just without even knowing about it, makes some random improvement to our strokes, usually you have to consciously do it. And that's the hard part. And that's what keeps most people from improving is just doing it, (laughs) practicing it, whatever it happens to be. 
So set up those practice matches, enter as many tournaments as possible, join a league, a USCA league, singles or doubles, join your clubs, singles ladder or doubles ladder, join your clubs, you know, club championship or social event, you know, tournament, get on the court as often as possible, especially when there's something on the line, especially when there's people watching and it really counts and specifically practice your reactions and your your actions and reactions on the court during all those different situations. So that's number two. And then number three, and this is this is kind of going above and beyond. And as I said before, most players never do number one. Most players never sit down and actually think about all those different situations and, and what ideal would look like for them. And then even fewer players do number two, where they go out and actually consciously practice those reactions and just drill it over and over again until you start seeing changes in your actions and you start seeing changes in your attitude and your thinking and you start being more mentally tough. And then even fewer players do number three. And number three is partaking as many outside competitive activities as possible. And this is this is basically what college um, was for me. I mean, I went to you know I went to you know I passed in, in four years. You know, I, I I got my degree and I and I graduated. Uh, but even more so than going to class and studying, etc. You know, even more than what I did academically, much more so than that, I competed at all hours of the day and night. <laughs> And it, I, this was my favorite part about college was was being on the the tennis team, and I lived all 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 four years of college. I, I stayed in the dorms, which I preferred. Yeah, I just I enjoyed that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Environment. You know, I, I like just being around lots of other people. Even though I'm introverted, um, I, I just really liked the kind of the camaraderie, and I, I lived on the same floor in the same section of the same dorm with a bunch of other tennis players. And we all kind of stuck together. And as a result, we were, all of us were competing constantly. Ooh, I just thought of a new one here. Um, so I, so I made a list here of, um, competitive activities that we did on a very regular basis. Table tennis, ping pong was big. We, we had a couple of tables up in the, uh, the lobby, we played a lot of table tennis. Billiards, there's a couple of pool pool tables up there too. I actually played a lot of billiards in college and and got pretty good by the time I, I graduated. Uh, during the summers, I used, used to go to pool halls and, and shoot quite a bit of pool and um, got pretty good. Uh, foosball, <laughs> foosball is a lot of fun. Video games, we played a lot of video games and competed fiercely in video games. Ultimate Frisbee was a lot of fun and a really good competitive game. I played a bunch of basketball over the course of a year or two in college and kind of did that for cross-training, and it's a great workout. Um, racquetball, volleyball, which is played on a racquetball court. Um, poker, played a lot of poker, and that's great for mental toughness. And we made up a lot of games, too. Th- those are all specific examples we, when we were maybe on a tennis trip, we would make up games. We'd make up games in the van as we were traveling, as we were driving. We would make up games in the hotel where we were staying, and we were always competing. I remember one game we made up in the lower lobby of our dorm where we used a couch as a net and 
made an outline of a tennis court or of a playing court using tape, using masking tape, and um, created service boxes, created a hash mark on the baseline, and then we used um, ping pong paddles and a ping pong ball, and we played tennis <laughs> on on the the lower lobby surface, and it was like a it was like a I, I guess a linoleum I think kind of surface kind of slippery and we would play in our socks it was kind of like playing on clay and it was probably i don't know the court was probably 15 feet long or so we would hit a normal overhand service motion we would hit big ground strokes we would come to the net we called it ultimate mini tennis and jason and i uh, one of my best friends from college we played a lot we he and i made this game up and we actually through a period of a couple months played a lot of this in our downtime it was awesome so what's my point here? I, I just I just talked about a whole bunch of things that most of you, you know, you hear that list of activities and it's kind of meaningless, pointless, maybe a time kill type activities. We were not killing time during these activities. We were practicing our competitiveness. We were sharpening our competitive attitudes and we were we were gaining competitive advantage over other opponents that were not doing these kinds of of act of activities we weren't playing tennis specifically but we were uh, let me tell you what we were fierce competitors we did anything that it took to win (laughs) and when you put yourself in situations like these over and over again your mental toughness strengthens so much and when you put yourself not only on the tennis court but in other situations as well and you practice your reactions to um, to unfortunate situations, you practice your reactions to positive situations for yourself, you practice your reactions to distractions and all the other things that I listed. In different situations, in different games, different sports, you will become so much more mentally tough than you are right now. And I attribute, and mo- most onlookers would see us doing these kinds of things and think that we're just screwing around, you know? And, and, to a certain extent, we were. We were having a great time. We loved it. And, you know, it's exactly what we love to do day in and day out was just find anything to do to compete and just go at it and try our best to beat the other person. And when you do that, that is the how-to, Gary. That is the how-to is conscious repetition. And I can't say really for sh- you know, I can't say for sure that I was purposefully practicing specific reactions to specific situations, but you learn over time what reactions work best for you and what reactions don't work for you. You know, you'll start picking up on patterns when you put yourself when you put yourself in these situations over and over again, you'll figure out when you take a nosedive in your performance or when you really perform well. And if you're thinking about it, you can start picking up on those patterns and doing them purposefully, you know, those specific things on purpose. All right. Great topic, Gary. I I could talk about all three of those different parts of my outline for a really long time, but great stuff. I, I hope that this was helpful to you. Again, have a clear, specific picture of what mentally tough is for you. Intentionally practice those actions and reactions during competition. And then thirdly, partake in as many outside competitive activities as possible. If you do those three things, your mental toughness will improve. I will put a personal guarantee on that, 100%. You know, you might not be Nadal out there, but you you can absolutely get better than you are right now 
at being mentally tough. So, Gary, thanks for your great question. Best of luck. And please let me know if I can help you any further. All right. That's it for episode number 194 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me on today's episode. I really appreciate it very much. Great to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed today's show or you have any comments or questions about today's topic or anything I talked about, please leave those at EssentialTennis.com slash podcast and just click on episode 194 and leave any comments or questions that you might have. And I'll read a couple of those at the end of next week's show. No comments on last week's show. What's what was up with that, guys? We, we had a couple of really uh, active topics or active podcasts in a row. And then last week, I'm clicking over there right now. Let's double check what that topic was. I'm not remembering. Oh, right. It was a, it was a show with uh, Dr. Cohen. I, I can't believe there weren't any comments on that. So I, I guess for... I guess you guys are all experts on those topics now, right? Nothing uh, nothing to talk about. But I, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on uh, today's episode. So again, EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. This is episode number 193. And also, uh, just before I wrap up, I wanted to mention Tennis Express, the official sponsor of this show. I want to thank them for their support. And all, all you have to do is go to EssentialTennis.com slash express to show your gratitude of their, their sponsorship. And if you want to you know, in a small way, thank me for, for doing the show. You can do it that way. If you make any purchases, by the way, when you go to that link, you'll automatically get sent over to Tennis Express. It'll put a, a little tracking code in your browser. And if you make any purchases, a small percentage of that comes back to help support the podcast. So if you need any strings or, or grips, rackets, bags, clothing, shoes, whatever, definitely go through that link. Tennis Express is great. I, I just made a purchase through them uh, just a week ago, actually. I bought some new tennis clothes for the first time in a while, and I actually posted a picture of those on the uh, Facebook page. That's at facebook.com slash essential tennis. And just like I, I talk about on the show, they, they have great service, and they got me the items quick, even though it was free shipping. You get free shipping on orders over $75. And recently, I've used their demo program as well which is another great service that they provide. So so go check them out. They're, they're, you know, I'm not just, not just saying this. They really are a great site, and they provide great service. And if you check them out, I appreciate it. EssentialTennis.com slash express. All right, so that does it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Great to have you. And I'll be talking to you again next week. Until then, take care, and good luck with your tennis. 